Hello, 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 and welcome to the fourth episode of How Employable Are You with Nikhil and Meryl. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing a brand new segment called Say What? And in this segment, we're going to be dissecting funky, fun, and occasionally foreign-sounding buzzwords that are now the in-thing at workplaces all around the world, or even just in India. So today, Nikhil Dintakurti, my beloved co-host, you have the honor of explaining to our wonderful listeners, what exactly is Ikigai? What is the deal with this philosophy? Hey, 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 Meryl. So, say what? Yeah, that's where we're going. Um, so, here is the thing, right? I just am in love with the concept of Ikigai because for me, it gave me a sense of purpose. We're going to be talking more about mm-hmm. why I love it, but the reason... Sure. What makes into our list of being its own solo feature-length episode is I feel Ikigai, with a lot of nonsense that happens around us, asks us right questions or it kind of has this 360-degree approach of what's required for someone's betterment. Like, if you ask me long answer short, that's the reason I love Ikigai and we're going to discuss more about why do I love it and like, what's the deal with Ikigai though? So it's really nice, Nikhil, that you like this philosophy and it's something that compels us to think about things in the bigger picture instead of just worrying about the present, right? That's the beauty of Ikigai at a broader level. And if you were to look at the origin story of Ikigai, it is a wonderful way of life philosophy that has taken root in the island of Okinawa in Japan. And it's also interesting to see how this one philosophy has made its place very prominent across workplaces, not just in India, but around the world. I'm sure a lot of us are hearing this term for the first time or, you know, we've just heard it thrown around very casually here and there. So as somebody who loves the philosophy and, you know, you derive a lot of inspiration from it, Nikhil, would you like to explain what Ikigai is all about in very simple terms, not just to our listeners, but also to me? Sure. In a nutshell, Ikigai talks about the concept of fulfillment. But it goes in a direction of how do we go about it. And the most common approach you see for Ikigai is through these Venn diagram with like four circles or four ideas coming together. And that's what creating Ikigai. Like if you know Venn diagram, it's basically two circles coming together. And the common part is what you call like a commonality, right? Like now these four diagrams coming together. Indeed. That's what Ikigai is. And the first one is basically what do you love to do the most? And the second one is, what are you really good at? And the third one is, what can you get paid for? And the fourth one is, what the world needs? As I mentioned previously, Ikigai do really ask some very important and very good questions to start with. And um, right. mingling up all these four things together with the style of work you do or the thought process you have uh, or the direction towards future like Ikigai kind of gives you this kind of a justification or a process that to say that, oh, you're in the right direction. Oh, this might work in the long term. Like it kind of sets presence for that kind of an ideology. Is that so? And uh, just so I can kind of understand a little better, uh, how do we situate it in the larger scheme of things, right? So the problem I see with this philosophy, I mean, it's not inherently a problem with the philosophy but about how it can be co-opted very wrongfully into multiple settings, right? 
can you give me a little bit context as to you know whether there are other factors involved in this intersection of the four circles that you talked about right are there any needs that have to be satisfied in the journey are there any other you know processes that are involved in this given that it's a way of life philosophy loosely said uh, you need to understand that ikigai is not something that comes from today's point of view right uh, what i'm going to be ha- like would i'm going to be happy today or will i achieve this something today is not exactly what ikigai is looking at right it looks one at the sense of fulfillment right. second it looks at the purpose of existence and the most important thing is ikigai is not for today it's mm-hmm. for the future right Let me imagine you are you, you're in this position where you are about to start a career or you're going to be taking a diversion in a way how you want to go or how you want to lead life or let's say you're someone who want to diverge your careers and you want to say you know what this is my calling but 10 years later you thought you know what i didn't fulfill what i want to so this ikigai is what you call some ways a right. litmus test to i understand whether what you're doing right now is beneficial for you and also beneficial for the society and at the end of the day would you be end up getting paid for right like that's the most important question also this like you ask a question about will your basic needs get satisfied will you be having a place to stay and a like food right. to eat and having minimum income to get paid then only the bigger questions come as is the work that you're doing is helping for yourself are you going to be loving what you're going to be doing and in the bigger sense would what you do is actually helping for the world or not exactly and i also feel the need to kind of expand our conversation a little bit by uh, you know asserting that ikigai is not necessarily a philosophy about work or you know making money or making profit per se you know we maintained in the very beginning that it's a way of life philosophy and you know it looks at life as a journey and having a sense of purpose or having some kind of a mission in life and while you're at it doing this constant process of questioning and soul searching there are several needs that according to uh, mieko kamia who's the mother of ikigai several needs have to be met while you're in the process of finding your ikigai or living your ikigai right and some of these needs include self actualization freedom the need for some degree of satisfaction with your life bright future constant growth and so on right so clearly it is not originally envisioned as a work philosophy per se but somehow a lot of uh, management gurus or you know people in general who want to appear cool have taken the ikigai philosophy and kind of transplanted it into the work context right so if you look at uh, you know not just the politics of doing something like this I feel as though it compels us to think about work and life in a very different way, right? Do you want to comment about that? Okay, so there are two schools of thought for me on how do we look at it, right? Um, one uh, yes. is basically there is this whole direction of thought where we're going at um, looking at you know this whole work from home situation or. Uh, working as a as a world is a one place people from india working from abroad or all of this the boundaries of 9 to 5 has been like so blurred out where you work at a place where you're comfortable to work at is one thing is what i see right imagine i like to work at night 9:30 to let's say 3 in the morning and i submit all of these things in the morning let's say 7 or 8 mm-hmm. and if it works for the company that i'm working and if i'm mentally happy I mean like that's one way to go that's one thing to do 
I feel that is one direction of thought that there is. And in the other side, you have a strict thinking or a strict differentiation between work is work and life is life. And let's not mingle them together. And let's create this good synergy between these two as how we deal with it. Right. And what Ikigai does for me personally is um, imagine tomorrow, next five years, I have spent my time towards, let's say, not really having this kind of a work-life balance or, or I would say, or spending like 15 hours a day just on work. Ikigai kind of gives me some kind of a justification or a thought processing that Nikhil, what you have spent time, you might not be spending this time with your family or something, but what you have spent time, one, you definitely feel you loved it. Second, you have done for the better cause than just for yourself. So it kind of gives me this feeling that at the end of the day, I did something better for the world. But, but stating this very point, there is a whole division of thought, right? There are people out there who are going to use this very thought that you're going to be working hard, you're going to be working for yourself, you're going to be working for the society and take that very thought and remove the aspect of society and just convert this whole idea into a business centric idea, right? Something that pushes you towards uh, the company's achievement, the company goals, not for yourself or not for the society. And that's a scary work-life balance aspect that there True. is, right? And uh, just to want to mention, right, like there are this one, two articles that I have gone through who literally uh, took out the aspect of the whole helping the world aspect and just made into just four circles into three circles of what do you like to do? What is beneficial for the organization and what are you going to get paid for? Right. And they made this cute synergy just amongst the organization and kind of misleaded the whole direction. So there are multiple schools of thought, but I believe a hybrid model is where things might be going at. And Aikigai in one hand gives you a purpose, gives you a direction, gives you what right questions to ask as well. Definitely. And you bring up a very good point. It compels me to draw a real life parallel, right? When we're talking about Ikigai mm -hmm. and you talk a, a little bit more about the cultural context and where the idea has come from, which is, you know, Okinawa, the island of Okinawa, where according to Hector Garcia's book, Ikigai, people live well into their 90s mm -hmm. and they're living healthy, happy, fulfilling lives. Whereas you go to Tokyo, which is the capital of Japan, and all of us know about the work culture over there because we've seen countless images of their bullet trains overcrowding people overworking themselves to the point where they're just collapsing and sleeping on the streets, right? So this mm -hmm. is not necessarily intended as a criticism of what's happening in Japan or something like that. But just juxtaposing the very difference in the culture that is there between Okinawa and Tokyo shows us very clearly there are two completely different worlds here, right? And we are part of a very capitalistic hustle culture type of an ecosystem. And you talked about the articles where the fourth circle of what the world needs is conveniently removed from the picture of Ikigai, right? Uh, what, according to you, are some of the dangers of, you know, just co-opting this Ikigai philosophy, which comes from a particular socio-economic and cultural context into, you know, the Western civilization or even the Indian context where we don't really have the same support system the same economy or the same way of life as the people of Okinawa do. I get that, right? When as fundamentalist food 
can completely change in terms of direction of what it is it is engraved in culture how easy it is to consider the philosophy the style of working uh, the thought process all can be completely made according to their own societal like society or system or culture like a lot of our modern uh, culture or style of working the corporate system kind of loosely taken consider from henry ford's this whole industrial eras picture of like blue collar working the style of it we might not be using everything out there but we are actually using a lot of that stuff even in today's world i mean some of these pandemic situations kind of gave us prioritizing of what to use and what not to but like i i hope you understand the bigger picture right um this whole concept of ikigai is created in a small island and there's a lot of elderly people who are staying like in that region and uh, like to all of them and and they have this uh, like long lifespan even to the average japanese uh, lifespan like when you consider all of these things right um you cannot just pick up what you want like you need to give a wider picture at the end True. of the day right tomorrow i can pick up one very important aspect of buddhist culture and i can just brush it up and i can add it to corporate and no one would notice people will just feel like oh it's a new concept let's engrave and there is a huge set of this business where people just uh, restructure or reshape these and put it into this hr world of um, more productivity more hustle culture uh, you know to work towards mm. more organization and all of that and i think the fundamentally when people don't know where a thought comes from and why someone has prioritized that very aspect of that thought i think that's very important to know right that's very important to check at the end of the day and um, luckily ikigai has this aspect that right away straight in front of for me shows that there is something called what the world needs and what do you need for yourself when these two things are not mentioned even in the ikigai then i want to question the like the the direction where ikigai comes from right who in the world will create this philosophy mm. at the end of the day says that you need to always look at what the company needs more and also what you can provide to the company more than what you can provide for the society or what you can provide for yourself i mean it's purely centered towards what organization want and it's like you see a red flag right there and then right like so nikin that is a very important observation you make right in terms of what happens when you co-opt a particular philosophy specifically maybe in this case since you mentioned buddhism also and eastern philosophy being blindly co-opted removed of its cultural intricacies removed of a larger sense of context and even stripped of some of the important aspect of its own direct philosophies right and the dangers that can arise when you tailor a way of life philosophy in this case buddhism is a way of life ikigai also is a way of life and when you give it a profit and a productivity kind of an angle that can corrupt the way ikigai or buddhism is actually packaged but while we have directed some ample critique at this kind of a system of mindless co-opting i wanted to bring up something that came up in my reading which is the results from a 2017 gallup survey which says that close to 85 to 86% of the global workforce feels like they're not adequately engaged at work and a lot of the writers on this topic also say that there is something called as a purpose gap at the workplace mm-hmm. you know where employees do not necessarily 
identify with the work that they're doing or they're not passionately involved in it. And the depth that Ikigai wants you to go into when it comes to your life and your mission and your goals, they're not able to feel something like that when it comes to their work. Do you think Ikigai can be properly utilized and understood in its proper context, uh, you know, to give people a better sense of purpose at work? I mean, like, it surely can, right? Like, it's just that you need to know rightly how to adapt it. You cannot just cut down pieces and uh, mention that uh, as, like, what to do best in the work, what to do best in this, that. Like, you need to rather take the essence of what Ikiga is trying to do, right? One of the key words is having a 360 approach and having some kind of a futuristic sense. Like, imagine this whole situation where you work in an organization. Imagine you're someone, a junior employee or a mid-level employee who, work, who are working in this company. How many times do you actually know whom you're working for? What is the purpose of the product that you end up doing? Or what is the value that you create? You can easily put it on paper, right? It's very difficult because the jobs, job roles are getting very narrower and deeper rather having a wide perspective. The sense of accomplishment you get when you know the chain of activity that involves and you know at the end of the day when you have seen a product output that, hey, I have contributed something in that particular product. See, that thought itself gives you the sense of accomplishment or purpose that my work, time and effort is what I've been given till this point has an end result. When you cannot identify that or when you cannot understand what you've been working towards, you don't really have a lot of metrics to work with, right? So people easily jump from the purpose gate to commercialistic, this idea of, oh, anyways, I'm not going to care what I'm going to be creating, right? So let me at least make good amount of money. So people generally shift off companies. Yes. Like when you look at old school, there are people who worked years and years in the same company, 25 years, 30 years, 35 years. I mean, there are a lot of factors why the people did the way they did. But I, I believe personally, one of the factors is they know the sense of purpose in the whole chain of what is being created at the end of the day. They are an integral role of a big supply chain. And when the person leaves the company or something like that, a, 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 a good chunk of part of the company is also left with him or her. And you can really see that True. on their retirement functions or parties. And it's a, it's a smart thought that you need to also observe, right? And Ikigai kind of provides you that very idea, right? Like imagine you are a part of a company, right? Understand what kind of a pre-product is coming and who are the people working before you till you get the product and who are the people going to be working after you uh, when you get the product and what is the biggest sense of it? Like when people know that what I've been spending time and effort has some kind of a result, positive or negative, good or bad, greater for the world or I don't know, okay for the world the more i know what i'm working towards where i'm spending my time towards i can slowly build commitment towards it right like i will feel i'm working towards something better like i think i mean you see this idea right there, there are this good set of people who have an opportunity to be a lead role in a startup where they have a long length like a good number of things on the other hand you have only one set of tasks to do in a bigger set of company some people choose startups because they feel that i have literally fulfilled a project or an idea and i've been through a whole set of it like they, they get that sense of fulfillment like that's also another thought i think uh, we should like kind of go through once definitely so what you're broadly pointing to are two kinds of solutions right one is to make the individual at work feel a lot more connected to the larger work environment they're situated in that can be in terms of knowing your teammates better knowing the value chain of the work better 
and even knowing the potential impact and outcome of your work better you might just be one small cog in a big machine but it it helps to know that what you're doing is actually making a difference to the world and a second approach is a more personal approach where you as an individual or as somebody looking for your next gig or upskilling and trying to change to another industry you can have a set of ambitions and goals that you want to realize through your career or you know you can view your career as one part of your life that helps you achieve like certain needs of life satisfaction or ambition and long term growth right so it it helps to have a sense of purpose a sense of connection and even some kind of provision for you to think about what next in the future or what in the larger scheme of things do you want in your life right and uh, for me as somebody who's had the privilege of listening to you talk about this philosophy that you love so much and uh, point out very rightfully how it's been co-opted and stripped of its essence when you just blindly bring it into the workplace the beauty of any philosophy the beauty of any way of life thought or idea is the fact that you and i as well as our wonderful listeners have the aspect of choice right you can listen to a philosophy you can dissect its various elements you can try and understand the cultural context from which it is coming and then decide whether it's something that you want to pick it up for yourself or if it's something that is right for you if it is good for you right and if i can bring in a, a small learning that i had while sitting in one of my buddhism classes in in my ma years my professor was saying that the buddha once made an interesting statement and i'm paraphrasing that uh, anything that you hear if it is you know a piece of wisdom or philosophy don't just blindly take it and adapt it to your life measure it against the grain of your experience measure it against your life circumstances and if it is something that sets or goes according to you know what you want to do in life or the person you want to become then adapt it into your life right so i feel like i want to leave our listeners with that thought that even if you find ikigai as a very fascinating concept and you want to learn a little bit more about it and adapt it into your life or whether you feel like okay you know this is just another case of orientalism and blind co-opting of an eastern philosophy into the west uh, the choice is completely yours and that is the beauty of any kind of ideology and that actually wraps up our discussion very neatly today yeah very well put uh, meril uh, and even for me personally i'm going to take a career in advertising or when i want to come back to podcasting like this ikigai kind of helped me ask the right questions to know um is it something that i'm doing that is helping for others or is it something that uh, making me feel good do i enjoy do i really love and the very fact that this kind of checklist fills a lot of blocks for me and i kind of like at the end of the day spending these many hours in the industry that i really love and enjoy i don't really feel regretted of not spending time uh, in in other spaces like i enjoy spending 15 15 hours every day on this very space and trying to like doing what i love to do and ikigai kind of gives me this kind of a justification or it helps me it kind of gives me this uh, feeling that oh i might be going in the right direction or i what i'm trying to do is trying to make feel better for the world so this very thought is actually encouraging for me 
Definitely. Uh, so one last note, Nikhil. Uh, if people want to learn a little bit more about the Ikigai philosophy, are there any resources that you would recommend? Oh, I highly recommend this uh, book written on the Ikigai about uh, uh, by, by this guy Hector Garcia. I mean, people can just directly jump in there. I mean, like I will always recommend regarding these philosophies go as deep rooted as possible to look at where the authentic source came from because people can like if you just go to internet and look at ikigai management or ikigai hr you will find hundreds of like crazy articles and crazy material out there so don't just get diverted there look at the most original source and that's the best place because you will get a lot of reasons of why something is placed in such a way and why this priority given to this very idea and where the idea comes from and why in terms of context so always look from the source uh, nikhil if i may also recommend uh, there is a wonderful person by the name of mieko kamia she is known as the mother of ikigai and she is somebody who has written very extensively about the ikigai philosophy albeit in japanese so at the moment we don't have any english translation but there are some really good sources that we've put in the show notes section that carry Mieko Kamiya's ideas properly. And we would encourage all of you to try and read up a little bit more about Mieko Kamiya. Or if any of you are experts in the Japanese language, feel free to write to us, share your thoughts on, you know, Ikigai. And if you think, you know, there have been any mistakes in our understanding and our framing also, please feel free to reach out to yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. With that, we would like to wrap our episode. And, and uh, if you have stumbled upon this show for the first time, then please do listen to our previous episodes. Give us a rating in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you can. We're majorly available in all major podcast platforms. And uh, please do write to us at howemployable at gmail.com. And uh, ping us on social media as usual. We have left all relevant links in the description. So... See you next time. Bye-bye. Ciao for now, people.